We want to welcome you to the Live Transform series, and this is the week before Christmas. And this is an incredible podcast when you think about it. This time of year, we get to focus and even refocus uh-huh. on Christmas. Yeah. And who better to do it with than Dr. Jim and Bob and me? <laughs> <laughs> and you. And you. As, you? Far, as far as Bob and I are concerned, you're the best part of it. Oh, I want yeah, you to know that. That's right. right. That's okay, right. I'll just go ahead and take that. But this is very... You, 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 bring us, you bring us the joy. Even if it's not the Christmas joy, you bring us joy. <laughs> I do like fun. I do. Yeah, just for joy, joy to the world. Good. It's good. That's right. So just for your reference, this is episode number 58. Yeah. And we want to just take some time and talk about Christmas. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of traditions mm-hmm. that surround the Christmas season, mm-hmm. and you have yours and we have ours. But then let's also take a look at what does the Bible have to say exactly, about Bob. Christmas and, uh, you know, how will you celebrate this year or possibly, you know, listening to this podcast, you might, you know, just gain a glimpse of new insight, yes. you know, that you might bring a, a, a new depth, yes. you know, an understanding of, of, of a reason or, a, um, yeah. just a meaningful, yes. um, presence behind the celebration that you will have you know, with your family this, this season. It's true because we've heard these Christmas stories so many times. Mm-hmm. We've heard the scriptures so many times that they start to just kind of go through our head with like like there was, you know, we, if you've heard something too many times, you just think you already know what that yeah. means. But I have yeah. a feeling that there's some depth behind some of those Christmas scriptures that we have Absolutely. never thought about. So Jim, is there any, how does that ring with you? Yeah, you know, you, you know. Actually, two, I want to comment on. <laughs> Did two you notice my Bob ring? Said. Yeah, yeah. Ring, yeah. ringing, ring, <laughs> ring the bell. Yeah, uh, two things Bob said that were really interesting. You know, one is just the whole idea of Christmas traditions. Mm-hmm. Anytime I hear the word tradition, I always think about what Jesus said, where he said, "Through the traditions of men, mm-hmm. you make the word of God of no effect." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And an interesting thing about traditions is this. Traditions are become something that you do habitually. Yeah. And when you do something habitually, you, there is no longer any intention connected with it. Hmm. And when there's no longer any okay. intention connected with it, you don't engage your heart. Yeah. And so now it's sort of like, you know, you know when, when I was going to Bible college, you know, I got a job as a construction worker installing ceiling tiles. You know, we would we would put in these acoustical ceilings, mm-hmm. and so, and so I was I was studying Greek, and 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 so you know you know you're, you're learning. You never the know alphabet. when you're going to get another story from Jim. So I was studying Greek and laying <laughs> yeah. ceiling tiles because yeah, you worked exactly. in construction. So so what 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 I would do is you know I would get on a, a, say a big old room that you know you were going to put hundreds of these ceiling yes, tiles yes. in and they were all the same size mm-hmm. and so basically you didn't even think about what you were doing <laughs> it was so repetitive so you could think about Greek while you were and late. I could think about yes. Greek and okay, I would, I would be going it. through the Greek alphabet right. I would be you know going through you know just you know parts of a speech mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and and honestly it, it was sort of like you know you know how when you drive sometimes and you're really tired all of a sudden you think man i don't even remember oh, that the has last happened three miles did i me, get here too many and times you, you just kind of freak out that has got kinda, to be illegal <laughs> i don't even know how that happens that that would be the way i would be i would do i would do you know, a room. hundreds of yes. ceiling tiles 
And all of a sudden, I, I just kind of think I don't even remember moving my scaffold. <laughs> I don't. I don't even. I don't even know how I got here. But the point is, that meant that even though I did this right, even mm. though I did it the way I should, I wasn't engaged. Yes. So I had no experience connected to that. Right. Time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's the way we are with any tradition. Wow. It has become such a part of our of our memories that is very so interesting yes and so we engage in it and we and this is where ceremony comes from ceremony comes a lot of ceremony comes from tradition so we got our ceremony we got our what we do on christmas eve we got what we do on christmas morning we got mm-hmm. you know but the real truth is we are not at all in touch with the real reason we're having this celebration then why wow. are traditions so sacred. If, if, if you're so detached and it's just kind of, you know, something that you habitually do, then whenever you want to change it or, or you know, do something else, boy, you've really touched something sacred and people do get really upset. You know what, Bob, that's an interesting thought. I've never thought about it just, I, I mean, I know that people get upset but I've never tied those two components together is it's become meaningless <laughs> but people will fight you over it. Oh, they <laughs> sure, they really <laughs> yeah try and wrap your head around that one you know I remember the first time I ever went into a into a charismatic worship service and <laughs> in a charismatic worship service you go in and you and, and you know you finally get up enough courage to lift up your hands yes and you have this phenomenal experience uh-huh. the first mm-hmm. time you do something like that. Yes. Right. Well, you know, five years later, unless you're keeping yourself intentional, it's meaningless to you pretty much. Yes. But, but the problem is it's something that at one point in time you had great yeah. value for. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think we, I think, we know there's an inherent value in our mm-hmm. traditions. We know mm-hmm. that most of them start it with intention yes. and faith and purpose. And even though we've lost that, we still know it's valuable. And, and so we're not going to, we're not going to give it up. Right. Yes. And rather than engage our heart. And don't tell heart, me to give it up. Yeah. Don't right. tell me. I'm not going to engage <laughs> my heart, but I'm not going to give it up either. Right. But I'm, I'm more attached to the appearance than the presence. Yeah. And so yeah. taking a look at the at the worship experience you when when you initially you know with intention experience that and do that as an act of, of love to the Lord wow you know all of a sudden there's a presence that's with it but when yeah. it becomes a tradition then you're more concerned about the presence, uh, you know, the, the, about the, the tradition, yeah, I think the, that you the get... presentation, the way that it looks. Yeah. And as long as I'm, it's looking right on the outside, then it must be right on yep, the inside. That's right. And that's when they become empty. Yeah. Empty. And you know, one of the things that, uh, that I wish people would do, and they would have, they would really have to learn some things and get intentional. <laughs> I wish Christian families would, every year share the Christmas story from a biblical, faith-based, eternal perspective of what was really happening instead of the watered-down commercial version of, of, you know, the birth of Christ that we've, that we've kind of come to accept because we could make every Christmas, we, Christmas, celebrating Christmas should be like taking communion. 
You know, communion can be a place where you connect to what God did. You have a very present tense experience yes. with God of reconnecting, or communion can just be another ceremony and tradition. Yes. Well, that's the way Christmas can be. It can be what a, a place great correlation, of, Jim. Yeah, it can that be a place a of reconnecting to, yes. to the birth of Christ and and God's you know and God's eternal plan. And I, I you know, I, for years I've encouraged people. Tell the Christmas story to your yeah. family. Sit down and tell, but tell it in a meaningful. Okay, you're going to have to help way. us. You know, meaningful faith base. How can how can we take these scriptures that we've heard, even this the, the Luke story, like all the things you've heard over? Are there meanings behind that that we're missing? Oh, absolutely. You know, sometimes it's not the fact that we're missing them. That's just the fact that we've forgotten them. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, in other words, people say, well, theologically, I know that. Well, if you know it, then you need to make that present. You need to mm-hmm. bring that present, present and put tense. your attention there yes. and remind people. You know, you know, you know, something, you know, we were talking just before the broadcast and Bob was, was talking about uh, the importance of the name Emmanuel. Yes. And, uh, you know, that kind of got me, that kind of set my mind going off in a particular direction because Emmanuel means God with us. Now, you know, from from a traditional point of view, we would talk about Emmanuel and we'd just say, you know, you know, the son of God was was born here on planet Earth. So there's God with us. But but, you know, the just think about the bigger picture of that is that is that for thousands of years, who God really was had been hidden from the world through religion, through dogma, through through corrupt teaching and corrupt teachers, and had gotten to a place where even though people had the word of God, they didn't know what that looked like in real life. And God, God was like, I, I, not not only do I want to be with you, not only is there that sense and that reality that that God always wants to be present. That's even one of His names is the Lord who is present. And he wants to be present with his individual, but also I want to be present with you and I want to show myself to you in a way that's that's unmistakable. I want you to see me in the flesh. And so, you know, that to me, that's just one of the jumping off places. Mm-hmm. I want to see like the reveal. It's like a great big reveal. You know how you build yeah. something up and there's the reveal. That's yeah. what that's what you're mm-hmm. describing to me. It's like we've been waiting a long time for this. Yeah. And this is God with us now yeah. in the flesh. Yeah. And that's what set the children of Israel apart from all the other nations was his presence. Yeah. yeah. And and it's and it's Emmanuel, God with us, that should set us apart from everyone else. Yeah. Is his yeah. is his very presence. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that is worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. That's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just I mean <clears throat> you know, one of the things that would I, I can just en- envision as we're talking about this would be sitting there with family and saying, okay, now, you know, Jesus came so that God could always, you know, you know, he showed us what God looked like, but then because of him, you know, we can get born again and have the Holy Spirit. So, you know, one of the questions might even be like, okay, so uh, what, what do you think your life would be like if you didn't have God with you all the time? I mean, that's something I think about a lot because, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I talk to God about everything, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, all, all day long, you know, I'm, I'm constantly conversing with God about what I'm experiencing or the decision that I'm making. I couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine facing some of the things that people have to face in life. I think the same thing. And without I got the presence of God. I think the same thing, Jim. And, and it was just a couple of weeks ago. I just, I know it sounds like the most simple revelation, but I thought, 
You know how you say goodbye to each other when you're leaving and you, you say big goodbyes when people are leaving town? I know our two of our kids live, you know, very far away. So when you say goodbye, it gets emotional. And But even mm-hmm. saying goodbye to Bob because we're not apart that often. And I thought, it just hit me. Oh, my gosh, God, I have never had to say goodbye yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. I, I have never had to say goodbye. You're with me yeah. all the time. How How amazing is that? Like... That's incredible that he would never leave me. Just you know, just imagine telling the Christmas story in a conversational way. I mean, really, with your family, where you let them say, "Okay, so what?" You know, before we go to the next part of the story, what what, what does it mean to you? You know, for yeah. for God to be with you, and and just and see, that's the thing. When something has been a tradition, I mean, we really have to put effort into getting our focus back and our intention back yes. so that there's a real inward connection. You know, you know, the things that change our life are the things that we experience, not the things that we know. And, and you know, God was that way about the sacrifices. Sacrifices represented all kinds of truth, represented all kinds of information. But as we've said so many times, not one of the sacrifices had anything to do with getting God to do something or getting uh, 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 you know, moving God. And, you know, God said that. He said, look, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. If I was hungry, I'd kill one and eat it myself. This isn't for me. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's for you. Yes. And so the, the point is, the only thing that's valuable to us in our life about God is what we experience. Yes. And and so we have to get intentional about Christmas and bring a, you know, the God experience into it because that's where our focus is. Yes. And mm-hmm. and we all know that this has got to be the most distracting time of year as far as pressure and what oh, yeah. what is ex- our lists of things to do. The busiest time. It's like, yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year, but it's the busiest time of year because yeah. on top of everything else you do every day, you're adding on these huge amounts of things we've got to get prepared for for this one day where everything's going to be magical, so to speak, and and we're going to experience Jesus, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I think that what we're talking about today is so valuable because we get to dig deeper and prepare now for those, for this season and saying, Lord, I do, I don't, the communion thing really hit me, Jim, when you said that thing, because I don't ever want to have communion without, if I'm not ready to do that with an experience in my heart, I don't ever want to to partake with that without making sure that it is holy. Like it is yeah. set apart. This is very personal. Lord, I would never make this casual or common. This is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Well, how much more but, would I want to do that with yeah. Christmas? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that happens to me every year is, <clears throat> you know, of course, there, there's there, there's some things I do every year, you know, for, our, for our, the people we minister to. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I have some somewhere on our website or I usually send it out. I'm, I'm sure it's on there somewhere, but you know, I'll just talk about, is it, is it wrong to celebrate Christmas? Because mm-hmm. man, there are people that lose their minds about the, you know, we know <laughs> that Jesus wasn't born on December the 25th. Right. We know that the beginnings of that, of Christmas being honored on that day, we know that it was a pagan holiday. We know that it had all kinds of corrupt things behind it. Mm-hmm. And so there are people that come out and, and say, you know, it's nothing but commercialism. It's all about the occult and da 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 But, you know, in Romans 14, Paul goes through this whole thing about should we or shouldn't we eat meat sacrificed to idols? 
Now, when you stop and think that 25 years ago, if you were in a charismatic church and you had a picture of an owl in your house, they would they would want to cast demons out of you, you know, for having a picture of an owl in your house, even though God created owls. And, you know, um, so just just imagine Paul would have been excommunicated from any modern day charismatic church if if he ate meat sacrificed to idols and, and, and the people found out about it. And but, you know, Paul, I, I love Romans 14. I, every legalist needs to read Romans 14 <laughs> until they puke. And and maybe they'll maybe they'll puke out that legalistic demon and get over it. Because, you know, the thing that he points out in there is like, look, you know, whether you eat or don't eat, it's about what's in your heart. It's all about what's in your heart. What day you worship, what day you don't worship mm-hmm. is all about what's in your heart. Yeah. And and that's the thing about Christmas. You know, we could fight against Christmas and be the religious jerks of our neighborhood. Yeah. And cause our children to be traumatized because of <laughs> what you know because of the pressure that society puts on them to celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. We could do all that or we could be like Paul and say, you know what, I'm just gonna give this a new meaning. Yeah. And I'm going to make this about Jesus, I am going to make this about the birth of my Savior, even, even though I know this isn't a day. You know, you know, there's so many things that we don't even know for sure if we've got the days right or wrong. You know, we don't even know if we actually have uh, the day that Jesus was crucified nailed down. It's like, it's like, come on, there's so many things we don't know that if those were the, if that's what was important, God would have made it clear. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, but but what's important is what our we hearts, what we're doing in our heart, mm-hmm. what we're and experiencing. So, so, you know, I'm, I want to just encourage every family, and there's some other th- scriptures I'd like for us to talk about, but I want to just encourage these families to go, you know what, let's find a way to make this meaningful about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And whether you do it sitting around your dinner table or whether you do it before you open your presents or when you do it really, really doesn't matter. You know, another interesting thing, to me, I'll, I'll throw this out to you guys because I have a lot of my own thoughts about this, but one of the most unique things about uh, about Jesus birth was what why did he have to be born of a virgin why was that even important see most people don't even don't even know as a matter of fact that's considered a myth by most people mm-hmm. but so so from you guys perspective how would you make that important and significant if you were sitting down with your family and talking about that well the the virgin birth again it's prophecy fulfilled number yeah. one mm-hmm. but even in in the biology, it's the it's the um, the father that determines the blood type of, of the child, and so he was he was born not of man, but he really is the son of God, mm-hmm. and yeah. so his his very blood, which is my redemption, mm-hmm. is is different and new from the very beginning Mm -hmm. and so it's the father that gives yeah the blood type to a child and i think it's really personal for me and bob and our meisner family because of our our marriage story and because you know we i encounter we encountered an uh, unexpected pregnancy as a result of an affair and we didn't know you know people don't realize it was 16 years ago but we didn't know what we were going to do with this baby we didn't we didn't know if we would give him up for adoption. We didn't know if we had what it takes to have him in our home. And we just couldn't see the future. And I remember something our pastor that was helping us through said. He says, you know, Bob, he said, spirit is thicker than blood. And he said, there's something about spirit that Holy Spirit 
you know, you're the spirit of the fatherhood, the fatherhood that you're going to mm-hmm. bring to this, this boy and this, who will become a man one day is more important than, mm-hmm. than the blood. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if that relates to what you're asking. No, Jim, no it, it does. But you, it just popped into my head because mm-hmm. you find out that this was a very important point of our life. Like this is a very part, like this would come up in our family. Cause this is, yeah. You know, you know, Jesus. I mean, so I'm thinking, Jesus could not, and Bob hit this. I, I, you know, Jesus could not have even brought a salvation if his bloodline had not been the bloodline uh, uh, that originated with God. Uh-huh. I, I mean, you, you know, here's the interesting thing I think about Mary, and I know, you know, when you when you say this, I mean, there are just so so many uh, uh, crude places that people could go, but. But, you know, you stop and think, you know, first of all, she had to be a virgin. And so that 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 meant, you know, that meant that, there, you know, there had to be a moral factor there. But but also she had to be someone who could who would raise Jesus in the word of God. And see, you know, the Bible says that that, that he came in the fullness of time, in other words, in the time when everything was perfect. So, you know, my question is, how long did it take God to find two people mm-hmm. who would raise the Son of God in a way that he could fulfill his destiny? Wow, I've never thought about that, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I, just to me, that's that's astronomical in, in, in the in the equation, mm-hmm. because, you know, what how they raised him would determine what he believed about himself. It would determine whether or not he had the courage to, to pursue his destiny, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, so, so there's, there's those factors. And so to every family, they might say the virgin birth, uh, uh, means this to me, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and have an incredible discussion about, uh, about what all that really means. You know, you know, one of the, one of the things I really like too, that's really interesting and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of shoot down a couple of myths maybe here, but, but, the story about the angels appearing to the shepherds. Now, what's interesting about that, and we, we don't know this for sure. We have pretty good indication of it. But uh, you see, um, just outside of Bethlehem was where uh, special sheep were raised that would be used for the Passover. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so there were these shepherds that the special their special task was to raise these sheep uh, and protect them so they didn't have any flaw or any blemish whatsoever and and all probability is that when the angels appeared to the shepherds that it was those very shepherds that the angels appeared to and, and, and in other words, they they were there, and they knew why they were there. You know, they knew we are here because we are a part of preparing the way for the Passover Lamb to come. Wow! Yeah. And then God engages them and says, "No, you're really involved yes. in preparing the way for the pas- true Passover Lamb to come." I, I just I find that incredibly I love that story. I, I yeah. really, really do. Having visited Bethlehem and and have seen the fields and you, I, I love you know allowing my imagination to to go to those places. But the the pressure on these uh, shepherds 
you know, to care and to look over, you know, the sheep that they would be, you know, without blemish. And then to know that, you know, this day, this night, you know, in the city of David, a savior, the Messiah is, is born. Um, they were that, you know, they went immediately and began to worship. Yeah. That to me was more than just the event of them having that angelic visitation. There was a, an anticipation within their own heart that one day a savior would come and yeah, they were living under extreme um, oppression. I, I understand that. But still, there was a longing in their heart that the Messiah would come. I'm so glad we talked about that because to think, what did that really feel like for those shepherds? To, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been waiting all this time. It kind of reminds me of how I'm going to feel one day when I see Jesus face to face. Like that's yeah. what it brings me because it would be that significant. It, like I'm, I don't have, I don't have any kind of an imagination. So, is there an anticipation then in our heart? To exactly. his second coming, right? Yeah. As That's they had in their heart, yes, of his first coming. That's what I went to. I was like, that, I'm, "That's exactly what I." That's uh, it. you know. See, people think that that God kind of did. He he went to those shepherds sovereignly, and and they use a kind of a, a unbiblical concept of sovereignty because God is sovereign, understand it, but th- th- they just think that, it, maybe with the word randomly, like, yeah. see, we fail to understand the connection. You know, one of the Hebrew letters, you know, sometimes you talk about the Hebrew letters. One of the Hebrew letters is the picture of a cup. Mm-hmm. And and that picture of a cup, based on what letters are around it, indicate whether or not you, ha- you have a, a cup for a heart, so to speak, mm-hmm. and whether or not you are in a position for God to pour something into mm-hmm. that cup. Mm-hmm. And as Bob so appropriately said, it's about anticipation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, probably, I mean, there's all kinds of biblical reasons, but one of the reasons those particular shepherds were the ones that God appeared to probably had to do with the fact that in their heart they were maybe more intense than any of the other shepherds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, 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 their cup was was like here. Fill my cup, yes. Lord, because I'm yes. looking for you to return. Yes. But then what Bob said, I was just sitting here thinking the same thing. I, I was like, so if we s- celebrated Christmas in an intentional way, so that we kept alive in us the anticipation of Jesus. I mean, think about it. there's a scripture. That can be a tormenting scripture when it talks about the second coming of Jesus. It says he's coming a second time to those who love his appearing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. See, not everybody loves his appearing. Hmm. I think I think we I think see we need to take every holiday, every communion, every every tradition, and we need to. Uh, uh, make it as intent as intentional as yes, possible. Yes. And we need to lead our families and our friends into having value and and getting beyond just just the let's get in neutral and coast through these this presentation here. Yeah, and, and exactly. Get get people engaged. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this this pod, this conversation right now is helping me. I mean, I'm just thinking, I want to be this engaged with everything that takes place. I want to make this as holy and as beautiful and fun and laughter. That doesn't mean there isn't fun and there isn't laughter. All of that is the celebration and the holiness yeah. all mixed together in the overwhelming experience that our Savior is here. And we never have to say goodbye to him because mm-hmm. he's yeah. with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many uh, different characters, you know, within what we would call the Christmas story. One that I'd like to, you know, ask Jim about is, is the wise men. And what is the significance of that? I mean, they're a part of every nativity scene that you would have. You know, they put three wise men there. But then let's let's talk about the gifts that they brought because there's there's tremendous significance behind that. The gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh that they would bring, you know, to 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 uh, um, Jesus when they arrived, really as a as a young child. Let's talk about the wise men, Jim. You know, uh, when, I, when I think about the wise men, I'm not sure why I think this way when I think about the wise men. You know, you know, I, I, my mind jumps back to the fact that, first of all, the birth of Jesus was the, the fulfillment of the oldest prophecy in the Bible. Right. Because it was in the garden, you know, with the serpent that God said, you know, the seed of woman is going to uh, crush his head, and even though the serpent's going to, you know, bite his heel, mm-hmm. and so and so the 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 whole ancient world understood of that prophecy. Well, then through Nimrod and various other uh, religions around the world, you know, there was there was a substitute for this uh, to 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 try to. M- bring a false Christ into the world and try to diminish when the real Christ came. And in all of those substitutes, there were always wise men who were actually occultists Hmm. that were using their skills to identify when, when the deliverer would come, you know, like, like when, when Abraham was born, the you know, the, the occultists recognized by how they studied the signs, they recognized that a deliverer had been born. They were, they were anticipating that it was, that it was the Christ. And so, you know, that's, that's when Nimrod killed all of the babies. And, and, you know, you have this baby killing thing happen more than once throughout history Mm -hmm. to try to make sure that there was no deliverer. But, and I know this isn't the most important part. I'm just kind of going to where my head kind of goes on this. In that the very occultists who were reading the signs to try to find a way to get rid of the deliverer were so overwhelmed by what they realized that they themselves became believers. Yes. And so th- these wise men, see, we don't, have any reason to believe that they were anything other than stargazers or right. occultists of mm-hmm. some kind mm-hmm. that recognized that the true Messiah was in the world, and they were so convinced and overwhelmed by it. You know, they're sort of like the stories you hear of the teacher who devotes his whole class to proving there isn't a God, and when he does all of his research, he ends up getting saved. Yeah. <laughs> 
because he's so overwhelmed by it. So in in my mind, I know this. I know there's other places you want to go with this. In my mind, I see these people that were not even believers, mm-hmm. and that were skirting around, like I say, trying to understand and and read the future. And suddenly, they came up on something that was so overwhelming to them that not it, it turned to worship, and and yes. they followed it yes. in their heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The the other thing that that is surrounding this is the um, our angels. You know the mm-hmm. presence of mm-hmm. angels. Yes, I was thinking about you that. know. Oh yeah. You know to 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 the shepherds, uh, the angels to Mary, the angels to Joseph, uh, the angels to the wise men. You know the angels. I mean the angelic activity was around huge. this was was yeah. really big. I know, and we don't want to focus it. Like I I think that. With, okay, when it comes to angels, I think we've gone pendulum so far different ways. We've gone yeah. to the point of like we worship them, all we talk about is they, we think about them all the time. But then I forget about them sometimes. I'm just being honest. And they are really at our service to serve what we're doing and to bring the presence of God into our not maybe I'm I'm probably theologically mixed up. You guys can tell me what angels were there for, but I know that he gives his angels charge over me to keep me from slipping and from keep me from, you know, that's what the Bible says in Psalm 139. But he also brings angels to celebrate and to sing Absolutely. and to rejoice. Well, I mean, you and consider, all the angels you consider in the heaven the, rejoice. You know, the word angel means messenger. Yes. And so, and so, man, this was like the ultimate Message. messenger mm-hmm. here bringing, coming to planet Earth. And, you know, one of, the, one of the things I love about the whole angel thing, particularly with the shepherds, it's probably... I would say this is the most misquoted scripture in in the entire Bible. Okay. When the angels came, they said, you know, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And, And, you know, religion has for, all you know, since the birth of Christ, interpreted that as peace among men. You know, that Jesus... Was going to come, uh, Jesus came to bring peace among men. Well, he said, he said, look, I don't think I've come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. And 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 you know the point is, is he's the dividing line between religion and God, and and people who want God, he is the way, he's the truth, he's the light, he's the door. People that want religion hate him and hate what he stands for, because the because he that the angels didn't say peace among men they said peace toward men and he was talking about he was talking about now people who wanted it could have peace between themselves and god mm-hmm. and this this is really the introduction of the gospel of peace yes that mm-hmm. we can have peace with god i mean that that is such a thing that we take for granted but what an incredible captivating merciful invitation hmm. that we get to have peace with God. Well, you know, I mean, just remember, I think it's just last week and when we're talking about the kingdom and we're talking about the va- yeah. uh, the role that peace plays in mm-hmm. kingdom yeah, living we because peace is that tranquility, that, that tranquil state of mind that wherein you, you not only have a tranquil state of mind, but you have a tranquil state of mind because you have, now you are, have access to all of the resources uh, mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, you know, for the Hebrew mind, because they knew what the peace offering was, that was the whole, the whole celebration of the peace offering is, you know what, 
I have resolved the issues of my heart. I am reconnected to God. I am reconnected to all of his resources. And so when they announced peace on, you know, you know, peace on earth or, you know, toward men, you know, it was, if you were a Hebrew, you were saying, man, they're saying that something to do with this, with this savior means that I can have this peace with God all the time. I can celebrate this access to God, access to his, his resources. I don't have to be afraid. And, uh, you know, it just meant something totally more profound to that generation of people than it means to us today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, just so many things that we could just continue to talk about. But I would just ask for you, our listeners, uh, we're just running out a bit out of time here today, to just really begin to reflect on, you know, the things that we've talked about, but the things that we've stimulated within your own heart, you know, the things that are happening, you know, within, with, you know, within you of how you will make this Christmas far more intentional, you know, with yourself, with the family that, that is around you, mm-hmm. but recognize that this is, this is the love of a father pursuing you yeah. in a very personal way that he would give his only son yeah. to, to be that sacrifice that he would obtain you. That's the beauty of it. And, you know, Jim, as, as you're beginning, uh, you, you know, as you're concluding here, you know, peace towards you, recognize mm-hmm. this day that the Father has peace towards you, that he's done everything necessary to reestablish that relationship, that you can have access, that you don't have to be afraid, yeah. that, that there is peace with God because of Jesus. So let this Christmas... Be something mm-hmm. extremely special for you, mm-hmm. you know, as you begin to see lights, mm-hmm. as you might have a tree in your home, as you give a gift, you know, put some intention behind it and let it be something that happens within your very own heart. And I think about what that angel said, fear not. And you mentioned that too, to not be afraid. And that that is really the, the message of Christmas, says that we no longer have to be full of any kind of fear of anything. And on a really practical level, there's things that this pops up at Christmas for me just because of pressure, the fear of, of not having things, just everything perfect for my kids and, and making them feel loved and not, you know, just that the fear can become real for every one of us that we won't do something right or fear of inadequacy or fear of missing out or um, all those things want to pop up. But it's that the whole message of Christmas is that love is the perfect love. And that that expels fear. So we don't have to control this Christmas. We don't have to make things happen. We can be full of love without fear. Hmm. And, and, and we can become very intentional about what we're going to make the experience about. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be different after this time together. Jim and Bob, thank you yeah. for this for me. Because as I said, I'm going to mention it again, but that communion thing really hit me. Yeah. This is holy. This is incredible incredibly beautiful what yeah. Jesus did. Yeah. And uh and just and I, I want to go back to the word Emmanuel, God with us. And whatever you may be facing this day, he's with you. Mm-hmm. You know, um God with us, Joshua and Caleb, as they led the children of Israel into the promised land, they said, We're not gonna go unless you go with us. And he says, I'll be with you forever. Yeah. And and Jesus came 
that he might be God with us, that he would reveal the Father, but then also leave the gift of the Holy Spirit, that we would really experience that spirit of adoption where we can cry out, you're my daddy, you're my papa, Mm -hmm. you're my father, I belong. And so this Christmas, recognize that you are the object of his love Mm -hmm. and that he has pursued you passionately and he has given you all that you need. Well, we'd like to thank all of you, and I'd like to also to encourage you to go to livetransform.com. Mm-hmm. Jim has an incredible free story there that we're going to have posted there ready for you of about Christmas. Can you just give us a little bit of a taste of what that is about, about the celebration of Christmas, Jim? Are, are you referring to the Creating Happy Holidays? Yes. Is that, yes. Oh, yeah. And 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 the thing is, this is this is a free download that they can get through your you know through your your program, mm-hmm. and 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 the deal is is it gives practical tips about how to create your own traditions, your own celebration, mm-hmm. and and move them you know and and move forward in the future totally free from the past i love thank you so much for making that available to us and our we love you jim mm-hmm. oh my gosh love you guys we, we in our hearts we're with you at christmas we wish you and brenda and your whole we love everyone I, I, in your I family don't, I, don't, I don't want your heart to be with me i want your present to be with me <laughs> I, and I didn't i didn't say presents i said i didn't say presents i said oh, you, presents oh you want a present oh brother <laughs> okay jim we'll see i Let, love don't, it don't Hold your breath. We'll see if that happens. That's the way I celebrate Christmas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas to yeah. all the listeners. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for this time together. Yeah, we all love right. you.